afternoon. Welcome to the panel on RNZ National. Well, as Dwayne uh, Major saying, a Black Friday and. Uh, uh, yes, indeed, it is Black Friday traffic chaos out there. I just want to give you some updates, uh, particularly in Newmarket and Sylvia Park in Auckland. It is really backed up. Uh, Southern Motorway backed up southbound from Sylvia Park to Spaghetti Junction in the central city, while northbound tra- traffic is at a standstill from Newmarket to Sylvia Park. Also, just around uh, uh, some other places here, uh, travel to Westfield, Albany from Auckland CBD will take 36 minutes via State Highway 1. Hamilton and CBD to Chartwell Shopping Centre. That'll take 14 uh, minutes via Maidawa Road and River Road. And travel from the Wellington CBD to Johnsonville Shopping Centre will take 12 minutes via State Highway 1, while travel to Queensgate Shopping Centre will take 22 minutes. Over to Christchurch here. The Christchurch CBD to Westfield Rickerton. That'll take around 15 minutes via Harper Ave. We'll keep you up to date with traffic on Black Friday. Well, 41 days after the election, the coalition has finally been sealed. Some key details here. Uh, you might have heard quite a few of them. But anyway, New Zealand First Leader Winston Peters is confirmed to be the next Deputy Prime Minister for the first half of the three-year term. Then, Act Leader David Seymour, he steps in for the second half of the term as Deputy Prime Minister. But don't call it sharing. Mr Peters will be Foreign Minister for Foreign Affairs and Mr Seymour Minister for Regulation. Now the next Cabinet will have 20 members, 14 National Ministers, 3 Act Ministers and 3 New Zealand First Ministers. Now here is Mr Peters having a go at the Coalition reportage. Please understand it was under three weeks. Please do not be mathematical morons and keep on saying it's 40 days because if we had started the coalition talks on election day, you would have been arguing, wait, wait until the special votes are counted. Now please tell the New Zealand people for the first time in 30 years how it works and that we took five months less, took five months less than Germany took in 2017. And don't argue about it. There's not a conflict transition here. You want to argue with me, you should have been there before the election. Maybe I'd have gotten more votes. All right, all right. Okay. So back to the point here. There you go. And uh, what else is there now? The position of Attorney General has been, or had been, hotly contested and is understood. Uh, New Zealand First, Winston Leaders did want the role, but National was not keen to give it up. Judith Collins will be the Attorney General. So the policies, they'll be picked over. Foreign buyers tax gone. Act against to support select committee stage of a bill setting out the principles of treaty. Fair pay agreements repealed by Christmas 2023. Um, or should be, yep, uh, and you will hear more about this on Checkpoint. So let's take a look at the politics of it this half hour. First, with uh, Jackie Bandekey, former um, member at the Democracy Project, uh, political commentator and journalist. Jackie, welcome. Thanks for having me, Wallace. It's a pleasure, Jackie. So for the first time in New Zealand history, we are set to have two Deputy Prime Ministers not sharing, as I think it was Winston who said it. Many said this wouldn't happen. Are you surprised by this? Well, I think it is a really interesting development, and it is the first time in our history this has ever happened. But this is also the first time that we've had three parties in coalition together. And I think, in a way, Christopher Luxton didn't really have a lot of choice in that both parties wanted the role. And if he had given it to one for the whole term, then the other one would have lost out. Um, so I think I think it was a... a 
a practical compromise, really, and certainly putting Winston Peters first has probably um, kept him a little bit happier, and um, Winston yeah, also has foreign affairs, so um, yeah. he's had both those roles before as well. Jackie, what else? Because uh, there's a, there was a pretty big announcement and there are other policy areas uh, be, still being mulled over, and we'll hear more about that next week, won't we? Um, but w- what else was of note to you today? Yeah, so there is an awful lot to unpack, and there's a lot of detail in the agreements. Um, so I think they will be talked about um, over the coming weeks, and, and we'll see more detail um, come out. I think there's a couple of things that are um, interesting. So um, one of the things that I think is interesting that National said that it's still going to have its tax cuts, but Winston Peters has, but they've considered to Winston Peters in that. They're not going to fund them through um, foreign buyers. And so that's that's an interesting development. I mean, all the parties have to concede something, obviously, to get to an agreement, but I think that's quite interesting. And we yet to really have the detail about how um, he sees that those tax cuts are going to be funded. So I think that's going to be something to keep an eye on. He said, well, they've discovered a buffer they're going to move fees-free from the first year to the third year and some other things, but it is quite a lot of money. Yeah. Um, so I think I think that'll be something to keep an, an eye on. Um, obviously, the other big thing is that ACT wanted a referendum, as you um, or you and your listeners will know, about the Treaty of Waitangi, and they haven't got that. But what they have got instead is um, a commitment to take some discussion around the principles of the Treaty to Select Committee, and that is also interesting. And I think that will be one to watch Indeed. as well. Yeah, because, yeah. yeah. Um, that that would be interesting to see how that rolls out, because uh, that's a huge issue, isn't it? Let's go on the panel and come okay. back to you, uh, Jackie Ruth. Yep. Jackie, I was actually going to ask you... <laughs> The whole coalition with three parties, I mean, I guess it remains to be seen how it's actually going to practically work. But logistically, will there be difficult uh, difficulties just even moving through the House and how people are going to work day to day? So there are quite, there's quite a lot of detail in the agreements about how they're going, they've committed to work together. And one of the things that they've set up, which is another new thing, which I think will be interesting to see how it operates, is, is this thing called the Coalition Committee. And we get to see the details of exactly how that's going to operate. But that's going to be the leaders of the three parties and their deputies, or people that they nominate. And they're going to meet regularly to discuss issues. So from what I've read so far, and obviously there's a lot of detail to take in, it sounds like that that is, is in a way, a preemptive way of capturing some issues before they get raised into the public arena. Mm. So it'll be interesting to see how that works. Yeah, uh, Dwayne. I think three weeks for three years is a good amount of time. I'm loving the level of detail um, that's going to take weeks to unpack. Um, one thing I'm particularly happy about is this whole foreign ownership of things. Sometimes it feels like our sovereignty is under threat, so that's something that we came up in the beach campaign. Sort of that was one thing it was that we were trying to avoid was selling our. our uh, Fenua, so um, I'm pretty happy about that. But also, I, I understand that that was part of their sort of tax regime. So I'm interested in that. Uh, a question for for you, Jackie. Um, what do you think the difference that New Zealand First has made? If it, if it had just been the two coalition parties, but it's now the third one because New Zealand First came in. What kind of a different New Zealand will we get as a result of it being three, not two? Could you comment on that? 
Yeah, so I think that's a really good um, question. And I think, well, you've already pointed out one of the key things. So they secured a concession on the foreign buyer's tax. Or the, yeah, the foreign, yeah, it is basically the foreign buyer's tax. The other thing is that they have secured commitment to keeping super to, to the age of 65, which is, is for the first term, so we'll see. And then the other thing um, that they have got is a, is a 1.2 billion regional infrastructure funding. And I think those are three key things that okay. you might not have seen if they weren't part of the coalition. Gotcha. Yeah, nice to have you on, Jackie. Really interesting stuff. Kia ora. That's Jackie Vanderkey uh, talking about the coalition talks. Uh, from Jackie was formerly from the Democracy Project, um, a political commentator and journalist. There, just an update here. There's been a car roll just west of Kaikohe on State Highway 12. Police on site. Uh, before we get to our next guest, we're going to continue with politics. Ruth, can I just bring in uh, also another uh, aspect is uh, I don't want you to comment as a victim's right advocate, so it's good mm. to have you here today. Sentencing laws will also be changed to give greater weight to the needs of victims and communities over offenders. Fabulous. About time. Um, yes, so victims aren't a party to the proceedings, and so... Uh, when someone has either pled guilty or is found guilty and are, are being sentenced, victims or victim survivors are able to read what's called a victim impact statement that the judge has to take into account. But other than that, um, and it's arguable what that um, actually, what the impact of that impact statement is on a sentence. So for survivors of crime to have more involvement and more say in the proceedings um, is incredibly vital um, and it goes to the fabric of the community. People who are victims of crime um, more often than not, in my experience, struggle to get back into the community, whether it be financial, whether it be mental well-being or physical well-being. So to increase significantly, I would hope, supports for them and their voice within the system. You support it. Can only be a good thing. Big tick for you. Okay, so that uh, greater weight uh, to the needs of victims uh, regarding sentencing laws. Expect more on that. Someone says Ireland is currently sharing its Prime Minister uh, between position between the leaders of its two major coalition partners, two and a half years each of the five-year term, the world has not ended, says Richard. Well, with us is former minister and also former um, United Future leader Peter Dunn. Kia ora, Peter. Kia ora, Wallace. Uh, and just um, noting, you know, following uh, with a bit of experience here, following the 2005 election, New Zealand First and United Future entered into a confidence and supply agreement with Labour under which you became Minister of Revenue outside Cabinet. So kind of a different scenario, of course, but uh, it would give you some inkling and insight into really how these coalitions are stitched together, Peter. Yes, and... The common thing, and the thing I think is really good about this agreement, is it's no good having a marriage of convenience that, you know, you've got a group of people who've got the numbers and think they'd better get together. There's got to be some common policy uh, purpose, and that was the case in 2005. And certainly the case, I think, in this agreement. You can see strands of each of the parties throughout the agreement, which suggests that they've got common purpose, and that's given them a better basis on which to work, I think. Yeah. Uh, one thing I do want to bring up, and this is what Chris Hipkins uh, has said just um, in the last uh, 45 minutes or so. Uh, he pointed out that Crown Māori relations under this government 
uh, is certainly very different uh, than it was under the Keir English governments. Uh, Hipkins said that this afternoon, is this one issue that is going to be really watched closely, Peter? Yes, I think it is. I think it's the most potentially the most contentious one that they've got. But it's contentious on all sides, actually. It's not just the positions that the three governing parties will take over the Treaty Principles Bill. It's the position that the opposition will take as well. Uh, There's a huge potential here for for massive division. If, If the debate becomes quite bitter about the issues before the legislation even emerges, that's pretty negative. And so I think that both the government side and the opposition side are going to have to approach this issue very warily. In principle, the idea of debating the principles of the treaty and providing a forum in which they can be debated is good, but the practicality of how you manage that without causing more division than it's worth is going to take an immense amount of effort on both sides. Ruth? I'm nodding my head. That was my point. In theory, it it's a good idea to have a date, a refi- uh, sorry, a debate, a refine, and, and an update um, potentially, but to, I just I don't know how you will manage that carefully without it being incredibly nasty and divisive. Mm. Dwayne, yeah, and oh, the, Peter, the, Peter, sorry. sorry. I was just going to say the interesting thing, Ruth, about that is that the agreement is only to support the bill through its first reading. So, in other words, it goes off to a select committee. It may never emerge from the select committee. Mm. Like many do. Right, yeah, Dwayne. Oh, I think the word dialogue should be used rather than debate. I was watching Rawiri and Winston go at it in the minor leaders party debate and I almost wanted to switch the TV off so my kids didn't have to watch that kind of um, behaviour. Mm. I think we need to our leaders to demonstrate something different, more of an MMP style. And having been to Waitangi Day uh, at Waitangi, and the, and the kind of dialogue and, and learning posture, and I learned about the, the so many things there. That's the kind of um, attitude and posture that doesn't come across in the media, but I experience, and I just really hope okay. that our leaders can lead in that direction. Right. What else have we got here? The policy ideas are coming through, and we'll hear a uh, uh, lot, lot more next week, and also, of course, uh, checkpoint uh, after this. Um, education. We'll see the return of partnership or, or the charter school system. Another one that'll stir the sector up as well. Peter, is there anything of note uh, of here for you that we really need to watch as well? well we, we've been down that path before. I think some of the charter schools seem to work quite well. Others were far less successful. So maybe a modified version might get a better run this time. I think the other thing that will be interesting is the, the commitment to have an hour's um, sort of maths, basic uh, education, you know, um, reading, writing, etc., a day per child. How that works in practice, I th- you know, it's again a, a laudable idea, but how it works in practice and how it fits across the whole spectrum of kids in school uh, in primary school, I think, is going to be an interesting thing to see and just how, in fact, teachers go about doing it. Right, yeah. Now, w- while you're here, Ruth, another one I do want to bring up as well. We talked about um, uh, more rights of victims. Now, what about this? Uh, and I'm sure this will be focused on as well. But a version of the three strikes will be passed mm-hmm. with tighter definitions of strike offences and quoting some benefit for pleading guilty around the panel on this. What's your comment on that, Ruth? Well, three strikes was well-intended for our serious offenders, uh, but judges don't like mandatory rules, and it wasn't used um, 
as well, well with its intention, uh, and it was thrown out beforehand, and it wasn't working. So it was fine to throw it out, actually, because no one was using it uh, because they Interesting didn't want to. Interesting to hear you say this is a victim's right advocate. Yeah, yeah, it, it didn't work. It wasn't functioning um, as it was intended or as it could have. So it will be interesting to see um, what the debates, the select committee process, or yep. how, how this new proposal is formed. But it needs to be formed with some reality and it needs to be grounded in li- lived experience. Which Peter? Yeah, no, I think Ruth's right. I, I was never a fav- in favour of three strikes because I thought it was pretty arbitrary and quite brutal. And I think the way it was applied proved that. Uh, but there is again the opportunity, with the benefit of a bit of, hi- of a bit of hindsight, to redefine it to make sure that it targets the right offenders and doesn't sort of hit people who um, might have made the one mistake or one or two mistakes of their life that you know never get a, never get another chance. So again, maybe just a few years of it being sort of on the sideline and now being resurrected and proper consideration might might put in place a better law. But I remain a wee bit sceptical. And can I ask you also, Peter, while you're here, um, Judith Collins. Will Judith Collins make a good Attorney General? I think she will. Uh, and I think the interesting thing about Judith Collins in this lineup is she's been rewarded with a, rem- a range of quite remarkable portfolios, which I think, given the fact that she was the former leader and uh, a pretty rambunctious leader at that, um, as a tribute to the way in which she's knuckled down and sort of applied herself. Uh, she's got a good legal background. I think she will be a balanced and fair Attorney General, and I think that's quite a shrewd appointment given that Winston Peters was angling for it. And, Dwayne, uh, we have also, New Zealand has an inaugural Minister for Space in Judith Collins. Something you're excited about? Yeah, I think we need some fresh thinking. And I was just come to your microphone. Top... Yeah, there you go. Oh, sorry, I was almost going to vote um, top party again, just for some fresh thinking. And I and I like that there's something something fresh there, something for the future. And um, so I'm 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 actually quite quite chuffed about that, and look forward to more kind of fresh thinking because oh, the right. same old thinking got us into the spot, and I'd like to get us out of the spot, please. Hey, well, Peter, kia ora. Thanks as always. Nice to have you on. Kia ora, Thank yeah. you, uh, Peter Dunn. Uh, there on. The panel, Jackie Vanderkeep, Peter Dunn, uh, rounding out our uh, politics for the day. And you'll hear a lot more on Checkpoint this afternoon at five with Lisa Owen and indeed into the weekend. Uh, Speaking of weekend, by the way, um, Kim Hill, her final show. Uh, this weekend. Just wanted to bring that out. An absolute legend and a star broadcaster. Absolutely. And And a um, good reminder to tune in. Yeah. And can I just say a a really really wonderful colleague and uh, we'll miss uh, Kim on the airways and as a colleague here at RNZ. So yeah, do tune in for the final Kim Hill show. Unbelievable to the fans. But uh, there we go. Um, things do pass, don't they? A uh, bit of response here. Wallace, uh, disappointing, says Deb in Wellington, that the new government has the new minister for the environment outside a cabinet, which is interesting, isn't it? Which shows where the priorities lie. And by the way, I too have a pocket knife. Well so, done. Yeah, that, keeps, uh, <laughs> that just keeps on coming. We are going to return to pocket knives uh, later in the week. Thank you. Thanks for that, Dwayne. Um, for giving us a subject for next week. Now to this. A controversial sex education book by two Australian authors has been given an unrestricted classification in a ruling from Te Mana Whakatū Classification Office. Welcome to sex. 
by Yumi Steins and Dr. Melissa Kang provides information on everything from consent and sexuality to sexual positions. As the Chief Census said, not the first sex book, won't be the last. Some complainants said it was akin to porn. The Chief Censor took a look and said they didn't find that. And it got me thinking, well, how did you learn about sex and sexual issues as a young person? I think one topic for me in chemistry about the birds and bees and science, and I think there was a banana in the mix, if I can recall. <laughs> and that was it. That that was the, the sum total. What do you make of this, Ruth Money? Are, are you guarded about this book coming in? I'm excited about this book coming in, and I'll tell you for why. Uh, most, well, every day, actually, of Mahi, I will have young people come to me who have been sexually assaulted, and they do not know that they've been sexually assaulted. They blame themselves because they don't understand consent, and we're not having educational, healthy educational conversations. Um, and there's a whole lot of reasons why that happens. You know, it's an awkward conversation for some adults. Um, adults are busy now and are working, all these things. Um, some schools do it, some whatever. But... They turn to free pornography websites to learn. You know, we know, you know that? I absolutely know it. And so they watch pornography and they think that that is what a loving adult consensual sexual relationship is. And it isn't until you are a consenting adult. You can't consent to some of those things that you see on those screens. But that is how people are educa- young people are educating So turning themselves. to online pornogra- actual pornography to educate as opposed to a book like this by Yumi Styles and Melissa Kang. Welcome to Sex. Dwayne, you're a Baptist pastor. Where do you stand on this? I think that the parent and the child is a sacred relationship and they needs to be resourced for that conversation and the timing of it. Another principle we have is don't arouse love until it's ready. And I think the parent, even when they're 15, 16, is still the most important person in their life and that's from a developmental lens. And so if you're people saying are not concerned, the school or the library? No, oh, oh, no, no. I think the school supports that, the library supports that. I'm actually quite pleased about the book because it is there for the parent and the parent can discern whether it's the right time or the right way. I don't think I'll be using it, but I just feel if we can, if there's a level of concern out there about this book, I think they should be concerned why more about why, other why things. Why won't you be using it? Because I can recall, I mean, how did I, I haven't a clue. Uh, and some of, the sto- <laughs> some of the stories coming through uh, are quite out there of how people learned about their first sexual education. It's quite a broad area, Dwayne. I remember my mum having a crack at that. It was in a caravan. It was a Karaki beach. And I remember it. And I think, mum's going to talk about that. And I fell asleep. That's what happened. So I think I think my mum thought that I knew all what was going on. And I think I've picked up most things from bits and pieces at the rugby club. So it wasn't the, wasn't the best way of, of getting it. I had a, have I've always been of the opinion of leading the conversation as much as you can, but not arousing things that are too soon. And I do remember having a crack where we're tramping. My son was probably under under ten, under nine, and there was a, um, a, a a lamb or a sheep or something like this. And how did that happen, Dad? And I rocked into the whole scenario, just gave it everything. I felt like an awesome parent. And then about a decade later, I found out he couldn't remember that either. 
And I was like, goodness gracious. So I think having resources for parents is absolutely critical. I love how it's in, uh, in libraries and, and books, book bookstores, and that parents can use it if they see it as appropriate okay. because I feel different parents will do it differently. I want to give a little plug for ch- Tricky Chats. Dot com. If parents are really keen on this conversation, uh, my friend Joe was involved there. She was involved in Lightbox. Parents should be, I just want to totally reiterate what Ruth just said. Porn is far too prevalent and far yeah. too defining in the early experiences of what shapes our sexuality going forward. And parents need to take that concern about this book and point it towards porn. And you want to go to Lightbox for resources or trickychats.com right. so that we can do this really, really well. Interesting stuff. Hey, both of you, really uh, appreciate uh, your uh, comment uh, on that. You're on the panel uh, on RNZ National. As always, great to have you company. We are with Dwayne Major and Ruth Money.